I want to encourage my kids to put out content. Yes. If you put content out there and you kind of demonstrate your expertise, you're right. You could, you can get a job without a degree. I mean, your work will speak for itself. Welcome to another insightful episode of Parent Entrepreneur Power. In this podcast, Mary Catherine Johnson and Evan Johnson highlight the successes and struggles of parents in business. They share how to be the example of success in entrepreneurship to foster the same in your child, and so much more. Are you ready to power up? Hey, everybody. Welcome to Parent Entrepreneur Power. Uh, very excited. Today, we have an incredible guest, Steve Chu, along with our amazing co-host, Mary Catherine Johnson. Uh, Steve, welcome. Great to be here. And I just have to say, I'm really excited to see a mother-son combo. Yeah. Isn't this weird? That's what it is. It's, it's like, a dream. You're living the dream, Mary. It's a blast. I'm <laughs> telling you. How, I mean, yeah, I can't even, I can't even tell you how exciting this is. It must be pretty good to have such cool kids. <laughs> Modest right. too. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, and that, I know that's really great for you to have such modest, amazing kids. So, uh, Steve, I know that Mary knows you. Um, I do not. And I'm sure a lot of audience members also do not know you. So uh, let's hear who are you and what do you do? Yeah, my name is Steve Chu. I am a former electrical engineer. And then I started selling handkerchiefs over at BumblebeeLinens.com with my wife. And then now I actually teach e-commerce over at mywifequitterjob.com. Actually, I still do all those things except for work as an electrical engineer. Right. That's a very cool, that's a very, it's a very interesting duality of, of, of jobs. You started off as an electrical engineer and then you became a guy that makes handkerchiefs. Yeah. <laughs> really it just like goes that. to show that there is no predetermined path and life that- is random. That is very true. That is very true. I mean, I feel like it's pretty common for electrical engineers to turn into handkerchief uh, makers. But I know yeah, I thought I was otherwise. the only one, but then like a whole bunch of people just came out of the woodwork. <laughs> it's like a group for it now. <laughs> it's a group for everything. That makes sense. <laughs> how so? Do you have kids? And how old are they? I do. I have two kids. They are eleven and thirteen. Okay. Okay. That's exciting. That's exciting. And how, so now, so how long have you been in the, you know, my wife quit her job? Um, yeah, that started in 2009. Our e-commerce store started in 2007. So it's been what, 14 years in e-commerce. Okay. Okay. Long time. That's impressive. That's impressive. Mary, what do you got? Yeah, I got to I got to come in because this uh, I mean, I've known watch Steve. I mean, I was blown away that your kids are 11 and 13. I mean, I remember seeing pictures of you when they when they were like four (laughs) and six. Right. Yeah. It's just wow. So, you know, they've grown up, obviously, their entire lives with mom and dad in this uh, space, because I know the whole point of my wife quit her job. (laughs) There's a reason behind that. Um, how, how do you see, how, how do you see the way you've raised them as an entrepreneur, uh, differently from the way you were raised if you were not raised by entrepreneurs yourself? I always tell them this, like the way we're living is not normal. Like when I was growing up, I actually didn't see my parents all that much. They were always working. So my dad would work from the, I think he left at like six 30. He would get back at like six 30 or seven. My mom, she's a scientist. She would work until like 7.30 and 8. And I remember when I was little, I used to go to bed at 9. So that left maybe, you know, an hour and a half, couple hours just to hang out with them. And I knew that when I grew up, grew up, I did not want it to be like that with my kids. And I'm literally with them, especially since there was COVID. I'm literally with them 24-7. And that's, I, I keep telling them that that's not normal. Like most kids do not see their parents every minute of every day. Whether that's a good thing or not is a different story, but yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That's, that's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Will, and go ahead. Well, I was going to say that it's really nice having a parent that's there 24 seven. I can speak from personal experience. 
Yeah. I mean, that's, I remember when Evan and Riley were growing up, I mean, our house was kind of the hub because most of the other kids' parents worked outside the home. And not that I didn't work, obviously, but uh, outside the home. And so lots of par- lots of kids would come to our house after school. We would have like a carpool thing and they would always, you know, like, uh, can you, can we go over to your house? You know, kind of idea. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, we'd have them ever and they'd do fun things and all that kind of stuff, but they knew they could come over and hang out and have that, uh, that, that feeling. But, but beyond that, it's because I was an entrepreneur that that actually was able to happen. Um, so, you know, I know, and I know we've got to jump into some of these stories because I know everyone listening in the audience um, is either a parent that wants to build a business or already has built a business or is in the process and wants to see how they can structure it to allow their kids to see this as an option. So take me through that a little bit, because I know you've had an adventure with your kids uh, actually being entrepreneurs themselves. And that started at a pretty young age and and has progressed. And, and you know, now they're they're back in school and all that kind of stuff. So what what happened? How how did you how did you start them on that road yeah so it's it's funny i've i've grown up in a very traditional asian household where going to college was a must and the traditional asian track in case your audience isn't familiar with you go to college you get a degree you find a good job and then you work at that job until you retire and then you retire you know with whatever you've saved up and not going to college is not an option but what's funny is that when I went down that, I went down that exact path and hence I became an engineer. You only have like four choices of professions when you're Asian. It's engineering, <laughs> doctor, lawyer, uh, or business. So I chose the engineering route. And I remember I thought I was getting paid pretty well. But then like when the e-commerce store started uh, growing, I just realized that I was grossly underpaid <laughs> and that that you can make so much more money going out on your own. And I really loved my job at the time. And then I, you know, I started My Wife Quit Her Job, which is a blog. It's, it's content, right? Whoever thought you could make money with content, that started making seven figures as well. And then by the end, I was making like eight to 10x my salary and I was still working. Meanwhile, I was really cocky at work because I didn't care anymore at work, right? <laughs> So I started just voicing my mind. I started like defying like the VP, like in the in the uh-huh. meeting. And strangely enough, that got me promoted. And then uh, finally I went down to like four days, then two days, and then finally one day a week. And then like the upper management left, I got pulled in. They asked me what I did and I had to be honest with them. I didn't do anything anymore. And then that's, that's actually how I ended up going full-time with my businesses. <laughs> uh, so with my kids, like, I wanted them to realize that working for someone else kind of limits you and how much you can make as well as your freedom. Cause I actually physically had to go into work. I actually didn't mind because that's what I was brought up to expect. But with them, I kind of want them to at least, I still want them to go to college. Don't get me wrong. And I want them to have that safety net and get a job so they can kind of understand what hierarchy feels like and what like structure feels like. But I always want them to have something kind of going on the side just in case something happens. I remember during like the last downturn, one of my close friends who was a coworker of mine, she had just signed up her kid for private school, which around here is about $50,000 a year. Uh, Two kids, in fact, in a private school. And then all of a sudden she got laid off. And she had to make the hard choice to pull her kids out. And I just don't want to ever have that conversation. So. So that's why we've encouraged our kids to kind of try different things. And you alluded to this, Mary. The first business that we had them try was a print-on-demand T-shirt company, entrepreneurship T-shirts. And what's nice about print-on-demand, I'm not sure if your audience is familiar with it, but you can actually start a store with no money at all, just your creativity. And the way it works is you make a design The print-on-demand company has a whole bunch of different products that you can print your designs off of. And you collect the money, and then you pay the print-on-demand company. So there's like zero risk of inventory or anything like that. And you keep a small profit. So like these T-shirts cost us 12 bucks, and we would sell them for like $19. And my kids would just pocket $7 a shirt. I got to say something, because number one, I remember talking to you, I think, interviewing you 
in the first generation of this parent entrepreneur power podcast. That's when we first, I first interviewed you during that time and you were still working at the office like one day a week at that time. Oh, was it that long ago? I remember you saying, no, I'm, I still have a job. I'm like, what? <laughs> um, it, and it's, it was really uh, incredible to me. Not only that, I also started my first business in 2003 and it was a maternity t-shirt company before print on demand. So I had to have my heat press. And this is what Evan remembers uh, growing up. I had a heat press. I had all the designs. I had all the shirts I had, and I had to put all that together and ship it. And now, of course, print on demand, there's no, there's nothing you have to do except the, the design and uh, put up some nice website for people to buy it. And, uh, and even that is pretty much already done for you with templates. And uh, you, could, you could do really crazy, amazing, uh, creative things. So I left out that part of the story. We actually started them out with the heat press method, just like you did. Wow. Uh, because I wanted them to feel the pain of physical labor. <laughs> <laughs> You're one of so, those parents. <laughs> so you know, with the heat press, you have to cut out the design. Ooh, oh, yeah. You know, with scissors. Oh, so, yeah. So uh, this is a funny story. They were like, oh, my God, look, how much money can we make selling these T-shirts? And then all of a sudden, I think one day they got like a, an order of like just five T-shirts. But they didn't know, like they didn't think about this. And it literally took them like 40 minutes to like cut everything out. And they're like, oh, my God, this is hard work for just five T-shirts. I'm like, good. Learn that. See, it's it's all about hard work. Now let's figure out different ways to make this easier and that sort of thing. So we kind of went, there was a progression down the line where uh, we actually ended up showing them how to use our cutter. So mm -hmm. you'd feed the heat press stuff and the cutter would actually just cut and then yes. they just have to peel it off very carefully yeah. for the heat press. And then that led to print on demand. Once they started school, even the heat press method took too much yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I had it where I actually had my designs printed on archival pa paper so that I just kept it, uh, kept the backing, everything. I didn't have to cut anything. I started with cutting and my own printing uh, with archival inks, but then I bought my designs already printed uh, using screen print inks and archival inks. And I just had to press it and peel the paper off and everything was good and it didn't leave a residue or anything like that. So yeah, there's there many different, di but that, I mean, Evan, remember, I'm sure Evan remembers you know, my room with a 370 degree heat press going, right? And it's hot in there and it's noisy and, you know, mom's like pumping these things out and, oh yeah, it was. Yeah, that room turned into my room. <laughs> but before that, it was, it was your office. It was the short press room. I remember that. That's right. That's we actually didn't let the kids use the press. So we would actually have to do the press part. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like 370 degrees, 375 degrees. I mean, I burned myself on that thing inadvertently, right? You can yeah. definitely touch it. And yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's funny. You, you were talking about like how you had that friend who, who got laid off after they put their kids in private school. And I just always think it's funny how people talk about like, oh, yeah, being an entrepreneur is cool, but like it's so much more risk. You should just get a job, right? It's so much safer. Uh, yeah, I guess it's safer until you're randomly laid off. Like yes. where, where I'm sorry, where was that safety you were mentioning now that you're unemployed? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, what was that? And so I think it's like, there's no right or wrong answer. You do whatever you want, but I just don't think that a traditional job is, is safer than being an entrepreneur because if my business goes under, it's because I didn't put in the work to, to maintain it. Whereas if I'm in a, a real job, I could get fired at any moment, unless I'm a tenured professor. But otherwise, I could get fired at any moment. Here's how I think about it. Like with your business, it can decline, but it'll usually decline slowly. So you mm -hmm. have time to figure something out. Adapt, yeah. Right. Whereas with your job, like it's usually, it's actually usually immediate. They, they literally walked her out the door that day. Yeah. When she got laid off, so. Yep. Yeah, that's rough. I mean, I'm not saying that like, being an entrepreneur is better than having a regular job. It's whatever each person wants individually. But it's just that when people come to me saying that a real job is more secure, I'm like, uh, okay, except for the fact that it's not. <laughs> you know, there's pros and cons. And I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but I'm constantly thinking about my business. I have problems detaching from it. Whereas with work, when I'm not there, I didn't think about anything. <laughs> <laughs>
there's definitely yeah yeah. entrepreneurship versus regular jobs and they have their their pros and cons it is very and that is a big thing that i know a lot of people who i know who are on the traditional job path that's a big thing for them is they're like i i can't especially after having to work from home because of covid Mm -hmm. and i've been doing that for years i was like welcome to the club you know but now that they were working from home i'm like i couldn't like separate myself from working yeah like it's there's this space there's no change yeah. There's no space for working and space for living. Yeah. And so they had a hard time. I'm like, yeah, it's hard, you know. I, but I got to say, let me, because Evan, I, I, I can speak to this because I'm the same as you, Steve. I'm constantly thinking of my business. I'm constantly thinking of different ideas and different things that have to happen or that I think I'm going to do or what will this happen or that. Um, Evan, however, I think through this process, not only because of innately who he is, but also because I think he's seen that, that I work all different hours and doing different things since I work from home. He is really good at turning it off. Mainly we, we were just in um, uh, having lunch together and uh, at, you know, we, he, he was done with whatever he was going to do at work and he was going to make himself lunch and get lunch. And, and um, he sits with his book and reads his book while he's eating lunch. And me, I'm like at my computer and I'm eating lunch and I'm at my computer and you know, all that stuff. So it's really, we can, I think one of the things that I would really love to ask you, and I know you've, uh, you've done this based on just what you have talked about with your kids so far, is we have mindset hurdles we have to overcome. Everybody does. And especially not really, not really uh, living around entrepreneurs, there are, like we were talking about before we started recording, lots of mindset hurdles that we have to overcome. So how do you feel you are possibly helping your kids start with fewer of those mindset hurdles, if we want to look at it that way, than you did? It's been pretty easy. Let me just tell you a quick story. So my kids, you know, when they go out to eat or they want to get some snack, they always ask us for money. And I'll I'll give them like 20 bucks to go get some food, right? But once they started that, t-shirt business and they got their first sale, for some reason, those dollars meant so much more to them after a while. And they started appreciating the value of money more. I I use the word more because I I still don't feel like they appreciate it enough. But the fact that they were making it themselves, for some reason, they were stingier with that money. And they valued money a lot more because they had to work for it and they weren't given to it, given it. And I, I, in a way, I, I feel that way with my job. To, like when I used to work full time, you get a paycheck, but that those dollars aren't as meaningful. I, I remember I got my first AdSense check and it was just a hundred bucks, but that hundred bucks made me so happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or that first sale of handkerchiefs. I think it was like $14. That $14 made me happy for like three days straight. <laughs> I was just thinking about it. And my kids were the same way. Yeah. <laughs> Well, as a kid, it's kind of like up to a certain point, especially if your parents are okay with being like, yeah, here's 20 bucks for food. It kind of feels like there's just infinite money whenever you need it. That was kind of like my experience as like a young, young child, you know? I mean, I never really went needed money for anything, but like, it was like, I mean, you get money for stuff and that's how money works. And then now it's like, well, hold on a minute. Actually, um, if I'm going to be living on my own, which I've done, uh, that's, you know, like, oh, well, I don't, I don't, I know, I no longer have access to infinite money. Here's a funny conversation I have with my kids before all of this. Uh, we were at a store, which took cash only. And I was like, sorry, I don't have any cash on me. And I like, I don't have any money on me. And they're like, well, why don't you just go to the bank? Can you just get money there? I'm like, yes, but that's not the point. The point is I don't have any money and then money just doesn't go to the, come from the bank, right? I was just trying to give that lesson because they always thought that I always just had money lying around in my wallet. Mm-hmm. Again, um, I think starting a business solves a lot of problems with just even managing money. And in terms of mindset, what was nice about that t-shirt business is it literally cost them $0. I take that back. Like when we first started, they invested money in the print materials and the t-shirts. We actually lent them that money. And we said that they had to pay us back for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, the key thing is I was just trying to encourage them to say that it doesn't actually require that much money. And they designed all their own t-shirts. Like we had this process down where they would just kind of hand draw their designs on a piece of paper. 
And that then would turn into like a digital file. Like they would just use like paint or something. And then we would convert that over and have it printed. So, I mean, they were doing the work and the website and all that stuff was essentially free. There's actually free platforms out there now that will, they're completely free and they'll handle everything for you. Like Shift4 Shop. If you're in the US, it's free. A fully hosted shopping cart for free. And you just hook it up to a print-on-demand company and you're good to go. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. So we know that you have your business, right? And, you know, it's your main gig now. Are, are your kids at all involved in your business? Do you, do you, are they involved in any, any part of it or, or is it just that they observe you uh, in it? Uh, they, they occasionally help out with the linen store, but they're kind of busy with school. And mm-hmm. we actually purposely sign our daughter up to a school that has an entrepreneurship program. Mm-hmm. So the way that one works and the way, the reason we like that school so much is because they put you in teams of like four or five and you're supposed to come up with a product and you actually pitch it in front of VCs and then you sell it. Uh, and that was amazing because they had to learn how to work with other people, which again is another life skill that uh, you might not get in the context of making money and, and running a business. And so her business, she had to actually come up with everything from scratch, cost of materials, calculate their profit and everything. So they ended up selling these eye pillows uh, with, with different designed fabric. And it was just a simple concept, but they had to actually think about manufacturing, cost of goods, and, and that sort of thing. So that's what she had been working on for this past year. Uh, my son, um, my son hasn't shown as much interest, but uh, we're we're trying to steer him that way. He's still a little bit young. Yeah, yeah, definitely. How how? So, what are you going to do, Steve? If your if your daughter goes through this school with, you know, entrepreneurial uh, goals as a as a part of the actual uh, education process, and let's say you know she goes out and, and, uh, creates something that, uh, blows away what she could do in college, or she has no specific desire for one of those four Asian disciplines in college. Um, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? If she's like, why would I go to college to be a lawyer, doctor, Indian chief when I can just go and do this thing that's already making me amazing money? How, what would you do? See, that's a problem, Mary. Um, <laughs> Mainly because I think that she should go to college. And I'm not sure if your audience kind of agrees with that. Probably a lot of people are kind of down on college these days. But I think the goal is to is to make sure she's successful, but not too successful so that she skips that <laughs> avenue altogether. Self-fulfilling prophecy dad is trying to create. I get it. <laughs> I'm curious what your beliefs on that. I, I think you're, are you pretty anti-college or no i'm not anti anything um both of my both boys so evan can tell you his experience both boys have gone have gone and gotten accepted to uh colleges universities and and started taking courses and they both left you know definitely before they graduated and uh, decided on another path and i dropped out yeah my, my my husband and i were of opposite minds, right? He, my husband was much more like you. Well, no, they need to go to college and they need to get a degree. And they, and I'm really like, Hey, this is, this is an adventure. It's called life. And if they f- choose that they're adults, they can choose it. If they regret it, that's their choice. I'll talk to them about all the options while they're making that choice. Uh, but it's their choice. And I am, I'm definitely not going to make them me personally. I'm definitely not going to make them follow a certain path because I think it's the best. Um, so that's really, I'm not against college at all. I mean, I definitely want any doctor who talks to me to have gone to college. <laughs> um, yeah. but if, if they don't have that, why? So yeah, Evan, what do you have? I can definitely, I mean, I, I have talked a lot to many different people about my opinions and experiences regarding college. I do not think college is a bad thing by any means. I think it's amazing if someone goes to college and graduates. All my friends that I grew up with and that uh, went, you know, I went to high school with and stuff, they're in college and actually most of them are in law school right now. Um, I think that's great, right? If I ever need a lawyer for anything, which hopefully I don't, but if I do, then I want them to have a nice degree. Uh, I personally believe that college is something 
it, I, I believe college is a means to a specific thing that someone wants to do, as opposed to just something that everyone like should inherently do. Just because my experience when I was in college and I had no direction as far as what I would want a degree and job to be while I was also building my business at the time, the business, I knew what I wanted that to be. I was building it college. I was like, I'm not really sure what my major to be. I'm not sure what like job I would want out of this. And then it came to a point where I was like, well, hold on. I have a business. The business is making me money. Why the hell am I wasting my time learning about, uh, I don't know, pre-calculus or whatever. I was like, you can't even think of the subjects. I can't even think of what the subject. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because like, you know, insert random thing here that is completely unnecessary and also costs a hell of a lot to, to sit in and essentially waste your time doing. Unless, I mean, you know, if you're going to become an engineer or something like that, you'll need those math classes. Or if you're going to become a teacher, you might need a child psychology class. Um, but for me personally, it was like, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I don't, I don't know how interested I am in, in a child psychology or calculus or something else like that when it, it it's it, it's giving me nothing it's giving me nothing but taking time away from time i could spend building my business if i decided like my friends who want to be lawyers that's amazing right they want to be lawyers that's what they want to do so if they want to be lawyers they're going to need to get a law degree and then they'll need an undergrad to go to law school and so on and so forth and that's great um but that just didn't align with my path so that's i don't think there's any wrong answer when it comes to college i just think it's something that someone should do if it's something they need to do to get to the point they want to be in life. Plus you can always go back. Like if for some reason my business craps out on me and I'm just like, I don't really want to start another business. I want to get a job. Then I can go back to college. You could realistically speaking though, it'd be weird. <laughs> oh yeah. Like a it'd 25 year old or whatever. Going it would back be weird. To school with oh, I don't know. See, that's, that's where I come in. It took me seven years to get my bachelor's degree. Uh, no, so seriously. Okay. Wow. I was like in my mid twenties and I was also already married. Um, and my husband was going to a different university. So I went to UC Berkeley and my husband went to UC Santa Barbara and we saw each other like once every six, eight weeks. Um, but it took me seven years because I had no clue. No one in my family had ever gone to college. Um, I had no clue what I wanted to study. Um, things usually came a little easier to me. So I kind of didn't make myself work very hard. So I went to a junior college first or a community college, as they call them now, um, and, uh, had to figure things out, figure out what I wanted to study, then got into sciences and like, oh my gosh, this was like blew my mind. It was so amazing. And then went to UC Berkeley. And, um, that process was, I was in my mid twenties, um, and everybody was, you know, 19, uh, and 20. Um, and I was married, so I was totally different. Uh, not I've, I've seen posts on Facebook and stuff of people who went back and got their degrees and they're like in their eighties yeah, or something yeah. like that. So you can do well, it at any time. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, not, I'm not saying that you should tell, you should, you know, tell your kids, Oh, don't go to college, you know, don't bother. <laughs> um, or whatever. <laughs> Uh, but that's well, just no. me personally. I'm if you do, then they're not listening to this episode. Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> they're not listening to this podcast. But here's another example. So Evan's brother Riley, same situation. He he's so Evan, you know, really has not had a like a uh, something he's always aspired to. Like he always wanted to be a blank, right? And Riley has been more of a I want to be a blank, right? So he he had specific things that he from a young age knew he wanted to do. And so he was going to go to college. He taught himself uh, animation. And so he researched and found the college in Pennsylvania that he wanted to go to and got accepted and everything was great. And he started going to college. And of course, this was right when COVID hit. So he was uh, going from home, going remotely. And as he's going into his first semester, um, he's putting up his portfolio on LinkedIn and he has a website and you know showing his, his portfolio. And he got contacted by a company locally um, wanting to interview him for a job. And that just just like was a completely foreign concept to him. Uh, so he went to the, you know, talk to them and they were going to uh, potentially offer him a job that was the equivalent of the job he would be going for when he graduated. So, so let's talk about that for a sec, Mary, because I think that's a very important concept. I want to encourage my kids to put out content. Yes. If you put content out there and you kind of demonstrate your expertise, you're right. You could you can get a job without a degree. I mean, your work will speak for itself. 
I'm just thinking like when I was a director of engineering and we were interviewing, we actually weeded out people who didn't have a degree. Well, of course we were looking for engineers, <laughs> but that was just like an entry so. point. Like if you didn't have a degree, you were out. But I do remember interviewing this one guy who literally posted all of his work on a website. And I think we ended up giving him an offer. He actually, I think he denied us because we didn't work together, but he didn't have a degree or he had a degree at, um, at, at some vocational school, which was kind of unrelated, but his body of work basically spoke for itself. Yeah. So you're right. I, I agree with you to a certain extent. Like if you put out content or just your works or your projects online for everyone to see, there's your resume right there. That's it. Right. And it it's depends especially too, like if you want to become an engineer, well, obviously you're probably going to want an engineering degree. Right. But like for me, my main business um, before what I'm doing now with, with Mary uh, was podcast editing. I'd edit, I edited, I edit and produce podcasts for people. And that's my main, uh, my main gig. Uh, it's been my main gig. It's what I was building in high school and college. Mm-hmm. And like, there's no podcast editing degree a person can get. You know what I mean? Uh, so that is for someone like me in that scenario, I'd be like, if someone came to me and they were doing that, and they were like, yeah, I'm going to college. I'd be like, why are you going to college? What are you going to do? Like, I was getting a degree in English and creative writing. That was fun, I guess, but I had nothing to do with the business I was already running. So I think, yeah, if you're doing something like engineering, I'd be like, yeah, you're going to want to go to college. Although I could think of maybe like sound engineering or like, mm-hmm. where do the audio guys learn how to? Audio engineering. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah, audio engineering. Yeah. You could do that. I mean, you could you could do that. You could pay, you know, a lot of money to go to a college and get an audio engineering degree. Or you could do what I did, which is watch a bunch of YouTube tutorials for free. <laughs> right. And then if you have like clients where with their work that you could show off, I would rather go with someone where I could hear samples than just an audio engineering degree. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly. I mean, I, I built a successful business. Yeah. Uh doing that. And so I think that's yeah. So I think there's no, I think college is a very individual thing. Right. There's yeah. no one size fits all. It's you look at each individual person and say, what do you want to do? What do you want your life to look like? Oh, you want to be a professional engineer? Well, you're going to you find a good school that gives you a good engineering degree. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want to be a life coach? I don't know mm-hmm. if I would recommend college. You know, I, t- take this program. You know what I mean? Do, do this program, do this training. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's, it's very, very important, like, too, to say, because Evan, um, he, I'm sure, does not plan for the rest of his life to have a podcast production business. So if there's like, like, like you're talking about, if you want to be an engineer and that's what your passion is, that's what you enjoy. You love building things. You love designing things. Then yeah, that's what you want to do. But if, if you're looking at a means to an end and you're looking at growing and, and you look at, well, I want to do this now, but I don't know what I'm going to want to do in 10 years. Um, then entrepreneurship is the perfect vehicle for that because you're going to grow and learn and explore in ways that you can't necessarily if you uh, go to college for a specific job and do a specific thing. I agree with you because I just had a conversation with a friend recently who's been doing the same job for 25 plus years. She wants to do something different, but she doesn't feel like she can change Yeah, because she's going to start at ground zero, which she doesn't want to do. Right. Whereas when you're an entrepreneur, for some reason, it doesn't feel as drastic. Like you're always doing different things. Yeah. You're adapting with different things. That's right. Yeah. And Evan and Riley both have an example, the opposite extremes between myself and their father, my husband. My husband is a tax accountant and has been for the past 25 years. And that's it. That's what he's done. Our lives have revolved around that season, right? We've got tax season and all of that. And now he's looking to potentially retire from that business and look at what am I going to do now? And the same concept, I have to start over if I'm going to do anything else. Whereas I've seen you, Mary, throughout my life, done a bunch of different stuff. You start, you drew the t-shirts when I was young and they're doing other stuff and other stuff. And it was always like, oh, you're doing this? I thought you did the t-shirts. And so it's it's, it's, like being an entrepreneur, it's way easier to be like, you know, I'm going to do this other thing. I have an idea, Evan. What's your idea? You hire your father as a junior podcast editor. <laughs> and you order him around, teach him a lesson. That would be cool. That would be cool <laughs> if he knew how to handle electronic devices, which he does not. <laughs> so I, I think step one would be getting him a cell phone and then we'll move into like hardcore audio engineering. <laughs> because this is true, Steve. This is a gentleman who does not even own a cell phone. 
What? His dad okay. does not right. even own a cell phone. That is hilarious. <laughs> you want to talk about opposites? And I build like chatbots. And <laughs> exactly. That that's really ironic. Here's something I will say about getting a job. And I, this is this is a weird interview because I feel like I'm advocating going to work now. <laughs> uh, I worked for a long time, but I, I value the time I worked at a job because I learned about like the structures that need to be in place in order to right. grow. And so it's not just like completely haphazard. Like when I started my businesses, it wasn't like completely random. And I wasn't just like throwing darts everywhere and just you know, doing random things, I, I had an idea of what needed to be in place. So there's something to be said about that as well. Oh, Absolutely. Well, I had to learn the hard way when I yeah. started because I had never uh, experienced, I was never in like a, a real job, really. Um, I was an entrepreneur through high school and college. Except that one thing. time, that one oh, time at Target, I, I worked, Starbucks. I, I worked at Starbucks for like a month before I was like, <laughs> my God, this freaking sucks. Um, it's so funny and he looks at all of his friends and his and he's like dude what the heck why do you have to what do you mean you can't just take off on a tuesday afternoon and go yeah i have a friend messaging me like do you want to hang out and i'm like okay sure and i, I message another friend they're like sorry i'm working i'm like that sucks <laughs> that really sucks i'm so sorry <laughs> like i had to learn the hard way to actually but like the thing i saw i see what you're saying right having a job mm -hmm. like that it helps you know how a business is run and how you structure things, structuring your time, right? Because I had to be my own boss. I never had a boss telling you what to do. Um, and so, you know, you, you learn, you'll, you'll learn that one way or the other. What yeah. Learn that yeah. Through the and I, I agree. And being like, oh, I need to work. Yeah. And, and I agree with you, that structure. And that's why I think uh, bringing us to the, the purpose of this podcast, really, Evan and I getting together going, okay, um, how can we help uh, parents who are in business structure their businesses so that they can foster entrepreneurship in their kids. And the way Evan and, and I did it, and the same with Riley, is uh, there were like podcast editing, right? I had this, this exact podcast, Parent Entrepreneur Power, the first generation of it. And it was getting too much for me to edit and do everything and, and do my work that I had to do to make money and all that stuff. And so I went to Evan and said, hey, do you want to learn a skill and do you want to earn some extra money? And he's like, yeah. And so I taught him how to do podcast editing and gave him some resources, our good old buddy, Pat Flynn, and uh, the amazing resources he had. And um, he took it and, and it was basically a structure of edit at 16 or 15, 15 or 16. I'm not going to give him a full-time job, right? I'm not going to yeah. tell him you have to do this eight hours a day, right? It was really just, here's the it's thing. That task. Here's a pot, like the podcast goes out every week on Monday. Right. So whether you, you get it ahead of time, you do it on the Wednesday before, or if you're up Sunday night at midnight doing it, that's up to you as long as it gets out Monday morning. And so that, that was very beneficial to me as a high school kid uh, yeah. who was, you know, I mean, I was looking for some extra money, right. Just so I could go out to food, out for, you know, food with friends and stuff. <laughs> um, and I didn't have like pressing bills or anything like that. And so that was absolutely perfect. And then I was yeah. able to, and then that's what I tell people when they're like, how do you get started? I tell them that. And then I told them that one day I was looking for more money when I did start getting actual bills and things. And then you, Mary, were like, why don't you do this for other people too and charge them? And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> crazy yes. enough. It, it just might work. <laughs> Yeah. And so it does teach a certain amount of discipline and it was basically it allowed for him to um, use his, use his natural abilities, right? He is a detail oriented person. He can, mm -hmm. you know, and he's definitely creative. So um, it, to be able to find a way to break into this world. And I definitely do not anticipate him being a, a podcast producer for the rest of his life. He is a natural coach. So I know that's the direction he'll probably take, but it opened that because I had huge mindset hurdles I had to overcome. And hopefully I was able to foster an environment where he could at least start higher than I did. And uh, that's really, to me, what, all, what it's all about. That's what life is about. So yeah, if you really want your kids to go to college, because that is an incredible experience. I mean, I worked my tail off to get that seven years to get my bachelor's degree and to get accepted to UC Berkeley of all places. Um, it was just not even, I didn't even know UC Berkeley existed when I graduated high school didn't even know that there was a place that was called that and what it did. And so to go through that process was uh, taught me an incredible skill of perseverance 
dedication, all those things. I'm not saying I don't want my kids to have that. I'm saying they're for them, if they choose that to be to that, that is not the route they want to go to, to get that skill and learn that entrepreneurship is, is great. Go for it. I think they learn a lot just by seeing it in action, like seeing me in action. Like I'm always in front of the camera. I'm always doing lives right now. They're at an age where I'm, I'm just a little bit nervous though, about introducing them to social media and all that stuff too. Yeah. So uh, right now I think e-commerce is, is probably a pretty good play, but maybe later on, once they get a little bit older, uh, putting out content, putting themselves out there, it's actually a really good skill. A lot of people don't do it. Whether yeah. just turn the camera and record or something. Oh yeah, I was always super introverted, and I was never very outgoing. After podcasting for years, I, I, I would I would honestly classify myself as more of an extrovert now. And even like two years ago, if someone had told me I would have like I, I'm an extra I'm extroverted, I would have been like, what? No, of course not. <laughs> like if I go the rest of my life without talking to another soul, I would not be sad. Uh, whereas now I'm now I'm I'm not that way anymore, and so. Putting yourself out there with content, especially something like a podcast too, because I always hated the sound of my voice um, and, you know, video and stuff like that. It's putting yourself out there really helps. So that's cool that yeah. that you'll be helping your your kids, you know, with that as well, because that's what really helped me the most. I mean, uh, Mary helping me, like giving me the podcast editing to do was really great. But honestly, the thing that helped the most was for years seeing her do entrepreneur stuff, you know, all day. Uh, seeing her actually make money and like, you know, that was, she was able to, I saw her working in her pajamas and that was the most inspiring thing I have ever seen. (laughs) You know, I I thought I just mentioned, I noticed you call your mom, Mary. I literally only say that in the podcast interview because I feel kind of weird calling her mom. Okay. But literally all the, it feels super weird saying Mary, I have to be completely honest with you, but I just figured that was a little more professional. I figured I'd try to be, be you know, a little professional, uh, but you know, who, who knows how long that'll last. <laughs> well, you know, lots of other people call me chop that mom. So whatever. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, Steve, I really just have to commend you though, because you, to, to allow an, an environment for your kids to learn and grow like this and to, to understand discipline and understand um, money and find an appreciation for these things. And now have your daughter, you must be feeling in some way that you definitely want her to have that option, like you said, to have that as whether it's a side gig or an option um, in addition to college, however it works. Um, this is life and it's an adventure and we have opportunities now that no other generation has ever had to be able to create whatever life we want. Um, and that's a, that's a very new thing. The internet is pretty awesome. <laughs> it totally is. I I'm a little conflicted right now just cause she's young. It's, it's like, uh, I mean, you guys aren't Asian, but, uh, like, <laughs> I just remember when I was growing up, my parents wanted me to play the piano and I'd practice all the time. I was pretty good at it and I won competitions. But I wonder if they would have freaked out if I wanted to be a professional pianist. They probably would have freaked out. Probably. So I'm feeling I'm feeling that same thing right now. I want them to be successful with their business so that they have that option, but I still want them to go to school, maybe at least just get one job and then go out on their own or, or something like that. Right. Thing, you know, it's so interesting. I, I, I did music as well. Um, it's interesting that you bring that up because I, I've, I've seen my mom will send me every once in a while examples of, of people. Like there was one guy she sent me a little while ago who he, he, he taught people drumming. Right. And the, the drums that's like, and the, I feel like that's like a nightmare of a parent wanting your kid to learn an instrument. They're like, I want to learn the drums and be like, haha, great. Except not that, <laughs> um, but he makes like seven, eight figures or something like that, having courses on teaching drums. And so I think, so that that's, yeah. So I tried, I tried. I, he was, he's the trumpet. I'm like, you can, you can teach you're in marching. I did did kind of try. I I, I got, I was, I did a a year or no, a semester in in college. My first semester of college was music education. Yeah. And I realized that college sucks the life, the soul and the joy out of everything you try to do. (laughs) Wow. Uh, so, so I, that lasted a semester before I was like, wow, I, I kind of hate music now. 
I had a complete uh, I, I like opposite again, college though. experience. Complete opposite. I wanted to stay in school forever. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, so many people that I met, um, so many successful people now that I, all the connections that I built. I mean, it's just like a playground for four years. Yeah. My experience was the same. I loved it. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. The debates I had, um, you know, with, with other students, I was there right when the uh, HIV virus was uh, discovered. I was studying under the professor that discovered the, you know, the, the uh, genetics of that and how that worked and the retrovirus and all that. It was just the most fascinating time, um, except now with entrepreneurship um, that can't compete with the people I've met the things I've done, you, I would have, this is not, if I'd have had a job, I would never have met you and all the people that I've met and the, the opportunities that I've had. I've, I, it's just nothing equates to what I've been able to experience over the last uh, 17 years of entrepreneurship. Um, I yeah. agree with you there. I, I mean, this is tough. <laughs> I wish I started a lot. You. No, I, I know it's fun. <laughs> I wish I started a lot earlier. So that's why I want them to start earlier. Like if I had started in my twenties, I'd be, I'd rule the world now. I started really late. So. <laughs> Maybe I'm, that's a really good thing that, uh, you know, there's a reason why we started <laughs> at a certain time. So that you know, the world, according to Steve, it's an amazing world, I'm sure. But uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> teasing you, totally teasing. You. <laughs> but yeah, let me, I, I, I really, you know, I, I still, again, you're, the what you've allowed and helped your kids to grow with, it's only going to serve them. It's only their experience with the their own t-shirt business, their experience seeing what you've done, their experience with going to college, this experience with this entrepreneurial school. Um, this is like a middle school she's in. Mm -hmm. yeah. With, yeah, I mean, that's just, you know, that's amazing to to have those opportunities. And obviously we haven't even talked about your wife. We've just made it like, you're the one that decides this. I'm sure there's a mutual, you know, conversation going on there. But um, and just uh, just your extraordinary story of, you know, linens. Right. And I know the story, but, you know, trying to find for your wedding uh, and and, you know, getting that done on your own and then providing that opportunity for others. Um, these things just happen. And we maximize the, the, uh, the potential if we get the chance to. So I'm sure your, your children will do the same thing, whether it's in college or on their own. Um, whatever works for you and your family is going to work. I, I can imagine your parents probably would have a heart attack if your kids didn't go to college. Yes, <laughs> they would. I do tell them to just kind of be like water. Like things are just going to happen and you kind of have to go with the flow sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cool. They can go well, with the flow after college. <laughs> my, my my grandpa, he reacted better than I thought he would when I told him I dropped out of college. So maybe, maybe, maybe your parents would react better as well. Who knows? Yeah. Cause that was, that was a, that was a conversation you were dreading, right, Evan? I wouldn't say dreading because I was like, if he's pissed, then I don't care because why would I, because like any, anything is better to me right now than going back to college. I had a bad college experience personally. So like, I was like, I don't care if he doesn't like it, then great you know who things cares? are different these days college is just way overpriced oh, oh my god I mean, it just doesn't make sense anymore the, the whole student loan thing is just one big mess so crazy oh, yeah my at friend, some point it's gonna burst yeah i mean my friend is get is i think he's getting like 50 grand in student aid and that covers like half of it and it's law school or something like i don't know some crazy thing it's gonna take years i can't even imagine how many years it's gonna take them to get out of debt and i'm like i don't know I've invested in like, I don't know, one course or something like that, that I paid like right away. So I have no debt, like when it yeah. comes to learning things. So it's, yeah, that, that's, if, if college was as cheap as it used to be, then honestly, my whole opinion about college would probably be a lot different because then it's like, yeah, go for it. But now it's like, you're doing this, but the cost of it is so high that it really needs to be focused. I, I agree with you the, the whole, I mean, this is another episode in itself. <laughs> if you knock out student loans, then colleges will be forced to lower their prices and be more. That's efficient. right. That's right. right. Yeah. And again, I was at the, the, the age when my community college was free. Yeah. I had no cost. All I had to do was pay for my books. There was no cost to actually go to the community college. Um, and Berkeley, I think it, we were talking 
I think $1,300 a semester or something. I mean, it You're was nothing. Now, Mary, I know I am. And I love dating myself. You know, I'm going to be 15 <laughs> people. I've earned every freaking gray hair. <laughs> I think UCs I, were free for a while, weren't they? Just the tuition part. Yeah, I don't know. Knows, they, yeah. they weren't free when I went, but they were very, very inexpensive. I mean, yeah. I went on, I, I specifically worked when I went to the community college so that I didn't have to work when I went to the university. And so that I could just, you know, pay my $300 a month in a little, little house and a little room that I rented from a friend of mine's mother and, um, and you know, pay for the books and, and uh, pay for coffee. Whereas now I see people, <laughs> I see 18 year olds going and taking out 50 grand in yeah, loans from a I bank, yeah. which is pretty crazy. Plus the books, the textbooks they make oh, you yeah. buy, they're like 150 bucks for a textbook you're gonna lose like 10 times in like a two month period. It's a racket. And then, and then you're it never is. gonna use it again. Yeah. So we don't want this to be like yeah. a, a dish on yeah, completely not, dish on exactly, college. Yes. But... Focus, focus. You guys are the hosts. Exactly. Focus it back. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, kind of wrapping up this conversation. And I I thank you for going here with us, Steve. I really appreciate it because we really do want to make this an opportunity for whatever choices you make, whatever works for you uh, and your kids, that's fantastic. But if you want to foster an opportunity for your kids to be entrepreneurs and you are an entrepreneur, you have an opportunity that no one else has to allow them to see and to experience that life. So let's kind of go way into the future. And uh, let's say, well, hopefully this is way into the future. Let's say you died tomorrow. <laughs> so morbid. What type of cop no, podcast? I, know. I love it. Oh, Mary. You, okay. <laughs> you died tomorrow. What entrepreneurial legacy do you want to leave for your kids that shows them the possibilities of entrepreneurship for themselves? I think the main thing, I mean, one, I have like videos of me up, like I have like hundreds and hundreds of videos in the train <laughs> class. So I will be with them forever. But aside from that, I think they'll remember like all the times that we spent together and they're going to want that for themselves and their kids also. Cause I'm really tight with my kids because we spent so much time together and they're going to want that for themselves. And they're going to remember, Hey, it's because mom and dad had their own business, which gave them the freedom to spend time, how they wanted to spend it. That's it. So that basically changes future generations, doesn't it? Yep. It absolutely does. Wow. That's amazing. Well, uh, for people who are interested, Steve, and in, in who you are and what you do, where can people find out more about you? Yeah. So if you're interested in starting your own e-commerce store, I have a bunch of free courses over at my website at mywifequitterjob.com. I also run an annual e-commerce conference over at the Seller Summit. It's actually going to take place in 2022. And if you're getting married, I can hook you up with some hankies uh, over at bumblebeelinens.com. <laughs> oh, and you should check out my kid's store. We, we've been talking about it this whole time. It's over yeah. at kidincharge.com. Kidincharge.com. Yeah, it's amazing. That's awesome. Steve, thank you for going on this uh, meandering conversation with us. I <laughs> uh, really appreciate your time. Uh, you're only our second interview. So, wow. Uh, this has been a blast and I'm, I'm just, you know, really happy to have you in my life and in my world and can't wait to see what, uh, I'm, I'm really going to be watching to see what colleges your kids go to. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of parent entrepreneur power. Hopefully you came away with valuable tools you can use in your business life and relationship with your kids. If you want to hear more about our mission, or if you want more insights into cultivating your parent entrepreneur power, join our movement to make entrepreneurship more accessible to parents and their kids at parententrepreneurpower.com.